Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Alarmy. Thanks for tuning in. Before we start, please be advised that this episode contains discussions of domestic violence and sexual abuse. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Alarmy. Before we get started, we wanted to make sure you heard the big news. The Alarmist has joined Patreon. Patreon subscribers will get access to our content ad-free, as well as our aftermath post-interview discussion and final verdict. We'll also be putting out additional bonus episodes and other fun stuff. Here's a preview of our Little Alarms series, only available on Patreon. Four plays into the first game mm-hmm. with Aaron Rodgers. He tears his Achilles oh. and he's out for the season. See ya. Out for the season. That's People terrible. are just tearing all the things. Ace, the, uh, what is it? LU's? The, the AC. The ACLU is... The ACLU. <laughs> ACLU's? <laughs> okay, this is a different <laughs> thing, though. Different um, <laughs> No, that's a different thing. I don't uh-huh. know if his civil liberties have been infringed upon by the by the defense, although it's possible that possible. they have. Yeah. Um, but his, his, his Achilles. Okay, yeah, and Achilles. that's bad. Go to patreon.com slash the alarmist and subscribe today. Now, on to our episode. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the Lorena Bobbitt case. Here's what you need to know. John Bobbitt and Lorena Gallo met in 1988 at a Marine Corps ball at the Quantico base servicing military personnel in Stafford, Virginia. Lorena, just 18, had recently moved to America from Venezuela, though she was born in Ecuador 
and John, 22, was a lance corporal with plans of leaving the Marines. The two locked eyes from across the room, and John asked Lorena to dance. Ten months later, they got married. And although their attraction was instant, their relationship would prove to be a tumultuous one. The couple struggled financially. After he left the Marines, John couldn't hold down a job and drank heavily. There were also reports of physical abuse. Just a month after their wedding, John allegedly struck Lorena for making a comment about his driving. Neighbors and friends would notice bruises on Lorena, and a friend of John's even claimed that John talked about how he enjoyed brutal sex, bragging that he would pull his wife's hair and throw her against the wall. Lorena had different words for his behavior, abuse and rape. She would testify that he was increasingly violent and used what she called Marine Corps torture techniques, which included twisting her legs so severely that she would need to be hospitalized. Police were called in on several occasions, and in February 1991, John pleaded guilty to assault and battery. The charges, however, were dismissed when he agreed to go to counseling. Though they had split up in October of 1991, they got back together just a year later. But the abuse didn't stop there. It continued for a duration of their relationship, and things came to a head in the summer of 1993. The couple had recently decided to separate. Just two days before the incident, Lorena had attempted to file a restraining order against her husband, but left the police station once she learned it would take a few hours to process. According to Lorena, in the early morning hours of June 23, 1993, she was asleep when John came home drunk at 3 a.m. and forced himself on her. In her testimony, Lorena said he hit her, choked her, and raped her for the second time in two days. After the attack, when John was asleep, she went to the kitchen for a glass of water and the refrigerator light illuminated a knife on the counter. She took the knife, returned to the bedroom, and cut his penis off. Lorena held on to John's member and drove off into the night. When she realized she still had it in her hand, she tossed it out the car window across the street from a 7-Eleven and called the police to turn herself in. What followed was a media storm that took over the country. Lorena Bobbitt goes on trial for maliciously wounding her husband. She was acting on irresistible impulse. She has admitted emasculating her husband last year. Gallo testified she had endured years of abuse. I just wanted him to leave me alone. Is it your position that you never tried to have forcible sex with your wife? I never did. It appeared to her as though Lorena Bobbitt had been beaten by a wild animal. I think no woman should be treated like this. All virtually ignored in the middle of a media circus. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats. John's penis was reattached shortly after. The delicate procedure took surgeons over nine hours to complete. Following the incident, both of the Bobbits faced criminal charges. Lorena was charged with malicious wounding, while John was charged with marital sexual abuse. Lorena's portion of the trial was the only part that was televised. John's, due to the nature of the assault, was not. John was later acquitted of his charges. It took the seven women, five men jury less than seven hours of deliberation to find Lorena Bobbitt not guilty due to temporary insanity. Shortly after the trial, Lorena changed her name to her maiden name, Gallo. The Violence Against Women Act was passed into US law in 1994. John and Lorena saw each other for the first time since their divorce in 2009 for a joint TV appearance. He said he still loved her and continued to send her gifts. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is actor, comedian, friend, Jamie Moyer. Hi, Jamie. Hello. So you can check out Jamie um, on 
previous episodes of Bob's Burgers, Hello. Modern Family, Hello. even Night Court. Oh, yeah. yes. How about that? <laughs> Two episodes of Night Court. <laughs> she is uh, a force. A comedic force to be reckoned with. And turns now out she's on, ours. On the stage, too. If you're in Los Angeles, you're always, I feel like you're always doing improv shows, et cetera. I, I tend to say yes when, when I am reached out to. I, <laughs> I get in the car and I drive over there and I do the damn thing. You know, that's the, if someone wants me, I'm available. And she has a car, people. <laughs> I know. She can travel. I have a car yeah. and it has a CD player. Ooh. No Bluetooth. No Bluetooth. Wait a sec. Hold on. I recently upgraded. Up. I had, I was driving a 2004 Dodge Neon for the past. Love it. You know, 10 years I've lived yeah. here and, and it had a tape deck. So now wow. I bought a car that has a CD player. Maybe my next car will have Bluetooth capability. <laughs> a girl can dream. Yeah, girl can right. dream. You're like 35 years behind the technology. I know. It's great. Not bad. But follow uh, Jamie on Instagram at Jam Detroit, and then you'll get all of the info for her upcoming shows. And then you can wait, wait for her outside as she drives by with her yeah. CD player. She's, she's also, you're also a great great curator of memes i love yours mm. on your stories you post blessings great, great thank memes. you yes <laughs> blessings jamie we like to start off the show by asking our guests what is something that's recently alarming you what's something that's keeping you up at night well i hate to be a debbie downer but it's got to be the weather the mm. weather is oh. freaking me out a little bit everybody <laughs> which part is it the hurricanes is it the earthquakes is it the heat <laughs> i think it's all of the above mm. and especially the heat just noticing little you know, there's a lot of little changes going on. And when you add them all together, uh-oh, Al Gore was right. Al Gore was right. <laughs> he made was. some predictions back was... in the day. Wow, he was ahead of his time, huh? Mm -hmm. What, sure what was. was he, 2004, 2001? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it was, you know, it's so funny. I was thinking, oh, one, before you said that. So it must be. If two people think of something in the forest. It's true. He's like the opposite the of what you are with your car technology. Yeah. Yes, he's exactly. Five years ahead. Yes, exactly. Yes, he's five years ahead on everything. But yeah, so that's what's keeping me up. That's about it. Just a little, just I'm putting some pins in uh, mm -hmm. the global weather. Mm. <laughs> just putting a pin in it. Wow, seems like there's a lot of odd things going on. Do -do -do. Back to mm -hmm. shopping at Trader Joe's and having a nice day. <laughs> la, 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 la. I'm sure somebody will figure out figure that out at some I'm point. sure someone's on top of it. Someone's so anyway, sorry, that's that's where my head is. <laughs> How about y'all? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, my head's on, uh, at uh, thinking about Lorena Bobbitt. Mm. And oh. I stayed up way too late last we night. We did. We started the four-part documentary, Lorena, um, I think, what, at 8.30? 8.30. I highly recommend you, if you're going to start it, maybe like 6 o'clock is better. Yeah, you got to okay. start it a little It's earlier. a four-parter. And it's great. It's uh, executive produced by Jordan Peele. It's mm. it's one of those musts out there. and I think it could have been two or three episodes. I don't think it So Chris has notes. We'll, we'll, get Jordan. <laughs> we'll get Jordan on the line. Sure. Right after this. Mr. Peel, you could have condensed this. Yeah, yeah. We lingered at All a few right, moments, okay. I think. Well, I couldn't get enough of it. And I mean, do you do you all remember when this case yeah. came yes. out? What yeah. were your your thought like what what is your memory recall about this case? Like what were the things that popped out at you? The penis. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's just say that. They often pop out at me out, out of nowhere. The penis in the field, I remember. Yep. Penis in the field. It was a field, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. And and also, you know, we can we can delve further into this, but this is the beginning, I think of reality tv it's kind of like lorena bobbitt oj watching the trial mm. watching the bronco like a lot of these yes. things that happened in the 90s uh then you throw in a little bit the real world like on mtv like i think yes. in my mind lorena bobbitt is tied in with 
the 24-hour news cycle, current affair, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. You're absolutely Whoa. right, Jamie. This was the beginning of court TV where oh. people were really interested in all of these high-profile cases. Yeah. And it was, you know, something that they talk about in the documentary is that they changed the date of Lorena Bobbitt's uh, trial from December 23rd to the beginning of January because Court TV didn't want to air during the holidays because nobody would be watching and they Mm. thought they could get better ratings in January. So what does that tell you about this time period? (laughs) This this case has a little, uh, is very reminiscent of the episode we did on the McDonald's lawsuit, the woman who spilled the coffee in her lap. And there were so many misconceptions about, oh, she's just this crazy woman who's trying to make millions of dollars off of McDonald's. Like, I think the way that this was spun Mm-hmm. There was a lot of just like some crazy woman chops her husband's penis off. And that's yes. all there is to this story. There's, yeah. When you dig deeper, it's like it's really dark and terrible. And she's well, crazy. just the the all of the layers of abuse that were not discussed yes. didn't get, get as much media attention as the fact that she just chopped his penis off. Mm-hmm. Let's start by putting John Bobbitt up on the board. Number yes. one. Yes. Yep. Um, this is from The New York Times. We forget about the string of witnesses at her trial, this is Lorena's trial, who testified that they had seen bruises on her arms and neck and that she had called 911 repeatedly and that John had bragged to his friends about forcing his wife to have sex. In the years since the trial, he was arrested several times and served jail time for violence against two different women. He denied the allegations. This is from All That's Interesting. Lorena and John soon married in June 18, 1989. But Lorena's American dream quickly became a nightmare. When they had sex for the first time, Lorena felt that John was rough. He made decisions without consulting Lorena. And shortly after they wed, John allegedly started hitting her. According to biography, Lorena later said that John frequently beat her, raped her, and even forced her to get an abortion when she got pregnant. He also bullied her while she was waiting to have the procedure done. Now, this guy's a real piece of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, you don't even have to, like, I already uh, d- had pretty much decided that before I watched the documentary. Right. You know, just and sometimes from, your instincts are just right. You your instinct, mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It's like, don't judge a book by its cover. But if it's like, if it's a book that looks really shitty, it might also just be a book that's really <laughs> shitty. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, you can judge a book by its cover sometimes. And, and uh, I, you know, I like to be surprised. I love to be like, oh, maybe that book cover doesn't look that good and maybe it'll be great. Mm-hmm. But this one, I was not surprised. There's nothing, nothing surprising about him. This is from the Washington Post. Shockingly, she still gets a lot of unwanted letters and cards from John, so many over the years that she stopped opening all of them. He wants to see her. He wants to get back together. Think of the money-making potential, he writes. You're always in my dreams. She reads aloud from one. It's sickening and even a little frightening. Yet she doesn't seem bothered or afraid, just confused about why he won't move on. She's over it, which brings us to Lorena's central question, are we over it? It's almost like textbook control, manipulation, abuse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. He's clearly unable to move on. I mean, Stockholm know, syndrome, even. Maybe. Oh, mm-hmm. like he he can't move on. Like he's. Is it? Do we want to put up on the board maybe John's obsessiveness or control? Sure. I think his abuse. He's an abuser. Mm-hmm. So he. I think he's an abuser. And I also think, I mean, clearly he was getting so much attention during this time that there almost is like a, a narcissism element to it where it's like, he, he, it's like, does he miss her or does he miss like John and Lorena, like this sensation? Do you know what I mean? That they were sure. His penis was reattached and it did function. <laughs> Jamie is just giggling. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it did. And so hat tip it to the doctors. Perfectly. The, yeah. There was a microsurgeon and a urologist uh, that, that spent nine hours putting John back together. Look at, and lucky for him that he, yeah, he's huge. so lucky. To, I, I'm just going to say this because had this, like if the roles were reversed and women had pen were the ones who had penises. Okay. Right. 
I'm following you so far. <laughs> <laughs> and a, a, a man had cut a woman's penis off. Uh, they, no one would have been looking in a field for that penis. No oh, one no. would have cared to reattach. We, we pro- they probably it, would have been immediately arrested. <laughs> <laughs> And forced to work at the hospital in the janitorial department the same day. Like uh, no one would have cared. And these these cops, when when they got the call that they're like, you know, there's a penis out on the loose. You know, we got to find this penis. God. And not to not to take away from the actual crime. It's a terrible thing, obviously, you to 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 do that to someone, but. When the, these cops got the call, it was like, we got to go find the penis, you know? <laughs> Meanwhile, a woman goes missing and they're like, she'll come back. Don't worry. What, you know, 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Call in the APB. This is a serious. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Everyone, um, all hands on dick. I mean, all hands on deck. We got to get out of here. There we go. Come on. Oh, first pun out of the way. Hell yeah. We got it. There we go. But he did. He went on to do porn. He was on the Howard Stern show like a million times. Howard, it was a he's I mean, it's disgusting. He's just gross. He was, you know, he kept doing it again. He he kept abusing women in in different relationships and getting caught. And and uh, oh, and, and he just kept denying it over the years. Like, oh, this uh, these women are out to get take money from me. They, they're opportunists. It's so weird that just keeps happening to me. How weird. Yeah, opportunists, which is ironic because he, you know, I mean, clearly seemed totally directionless after this event. And like you said, sort of waffled in sort of his life and career. He even, uh, uh, I think he was a bartender at a, um, in the the documentary, he was a bartender at a brothel. Uh, He worked Mm. there for a while. Now, um, that does sound fun, though. I'd like to do it, that. It does sound fun. <laughs> I bet that you have a ton of stories, you know, good tips, probably. probably a lot of people buying drinks for each other, you sure. know, it's probably fun. I've worked a lot of odd jobs. That, that might not be terrible. But shame on him, though. I get that. Shame, shame. Right. But no, maybe I it's mean, maybe that's yeah. a better word for it than John's opportunism versus like his narcissism. Like, oh. seems like he took mm. all these reaching out to Lorena, going on the yeah. Howard Stern show, doing porn, like and, just trying to like cash in on like the celebrity of, I mean, celebrity in quotes. Yeah. I think that's good. And honestly, he was an opportunist in that for, for his victims, you know, he started dating Lorena when they were 19 years old. They were married by 21. Mm-hmm. By the time this happened, she's 24. Um, he, he, she was, you know, there's a lot of layers to that, but I, I do think his opportunism, he saw someone who he could take advantage of. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, you know, especially given the fact also that, you know, her, um, Legal status. Legal status. Yes. Right. It was something he would sort of leverage over her. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. And we're going to talk about that. Talk about that. Uh, so a lot to discuss here. I need, we need to put domestic abuse up on the board. Absolutely. Um, this is from Refinery29. To get to their decision after the initial poll, the jurors reenacted the night that Gallo cut off her husband's penis with one female juror playing Gallo and a blackboard diagram that they used to reconstruct the events of that night. We walked through it and tried to put ourselves in her shoes, a female juror told the Times. We had to know what she felt at each step. The jurors traced Gallo's steps from the bedroom to the kitchen where she claimed to have had a sudden flood of flashbacks to her husband's years of years of abuse. And then Gallo's return to the bedroom and what she said happened there as well the reenactment and more deliberation led them to their conclusion that gallo had acted in self-defense in a moment of temporary insanity and should be acquitted of all charges this case was not about a penis one of gallo's lawyers lisa kemler said after the verdict uh, was announced everyone was so confused consumed with that penis but that's not what this case is really about it's really about a life and honestly, it's really about domestic abuse. Yes, it's about mm-hmm. domestic abuse, which is why I think maybe on the board could go the media because yeah. they this could be, again, the beginning of when leading with the salacious nature of stories right. overrode fact, which now mm-hmm. is running rampant. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
and and don't you know i I don't know if this is the right time to mention it but i think that like the reason the kardashians are even a household name were because of robert kardashian because of Mm -hmm. the trial like i just think that this is when people started paying attention in kind of a gross way to salacious stories and not the facts because if this wasn't all over the news it would have been an open and shut case of of a of retaliation against domestic mm-hmm. abuse yeah mm-hmm. point point blank period it's yes. so true and i don't know how, how else do you want to frame that because i think you're spot on jamie and and it's not only that but it's it's the conflation of tabloid journalism and journalism in general right, right? it's like yes. because something is salacious doesn't mean it's you know worth however many pages of, of a newspaper or magazine you're going to spend on it so yeah i, I don't know how, how is there another way to sort of hone to in me, on besides me, me- media which i think we should definitely put up on yes the, board. the media is going up on the board to me it's kind of like uh something along the lines of like ratings over reality or something you know like it's all just seems based on like, like viewership that you know, call it capitalism, whatever you want to call it. It's all about like, how do we just get more eyes on this? Even if we're not telling the the whole truth or stretching things or just focusing in on like on stereotypes or like misconceptions. Yeah. That's that 24 hour news cycle. Like when mm-hmm. I was growing up, my, my parents in the morning would listen to public radio uh, in the car much to my chagrin, can you listen <laughs> to some music, please? So it was like the news, and then it was news at five, national news at five, local news at six, news at 10. And that was it, right? Yeah. Now for us, it's constant. And because they have to have uh, headlines and ticker tape headlines for breaking news all day long, and why don't you watch my channel instead of this channel, it, it became, everything became something that they needed to exploit to make it yeah. seem yeah. important. What's funny That's about that great. too is when you're watching the ticker tape news channel yeah. and you've been on it for a while, you can really tell when it's like a slow news day and the stuff <laughs> yeah. that you're like, okay, you guys have nothing. Tr-. Cause then when like real news hits, <laughs> you can see all the like newscasters kind of like turn yeah. on and yeah. they're well, like, finally like, oh, something to report. You know, yeah. It's like Obama's tan suit, you know? So yeah. then everything seems important. So now, uh Oh, tie back into our global warming discussion. Yes. At the beginning. Now when really important things are happening, two seconds later, you're hearing about something silly two seconds later hearing about something yeah and and so we have become fully desensitized and yes. i do believe that all traces back to this and the early 90s and quote-unquote reality tv's birth that's Should a we- really great point and i i just want to add to that that sadly domestic abuse is something that happens all the time mm-hmm. right oh, yeah. to the point that it's not news right It's not the, the, even law enforcement doesn't, it's not that they don't take it seriously, but like, even at that time, you know, they weren't, they weren't trained to deal with domestic abuse. Um, the, the, we'll talk about marital rape, but, um, that was not even something that you could, uh, that someone could be charged with in some states at the time. This is the nineties and we should put the nineties on the board. Well, yeah, they have to, but, (laughs) but a cutting off a penis. Now that's news. So that's, that's to me, what is so sad about this case. The fact that the penis is what got all of the attention and the domestic abuse and the marital rape and all of those uh, women's issues and and female crime crimes against females were they they barely got any mention yeah mm-hmm. it's yeah. sad that it's the 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 mutilation of the male genitalia that has to happen in order for the awful abuse that this woman and thousands of women are going through to get attention on this stuff you know yeah it's true totally that's yeah. the patriarchy, which we got to put up there. Oh, up sure. There. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go back to the media because there's a lot to cover here. First of all, I uh, the, we've got to put the media up on the board. It's up there. And I also think maybe like the, um, the vilif- is it the vilification of women in the 90s or the there's something about let me read this and then maybe it'll hit you. Okay. okay. This is from CBS News. 
the women of the 90s, not only myself, but Monica Lewinsky and Anita Hill, we were vilified by the media, Gallo said. Unfortunately, we live in a patriarchal society where now now things have changed and sexism is not tolerable, but people tried to sell salacious stories instead of looking at it like this is a victim of domestic violence. Wow. Yeah. Lewinsky, Anita Hill, Nicole Simpson Brown. Nicole Nicole Brown. Brown, Nicole Brown Simpson, rather. This is all happening around the same time. Yeah. To me, it's like, you know, it, it seems to be a reaction and maybe this is in the patriarchy, but like a reaction to to strong females, you know, like this this the fact that Lorena Bobbitt like took a knife and cut off her husband's penis is like a very like strong act, you know, like Anita Hill standing up being like, I was sexually abused by this person who is trying to become a lifetime Supreme Court justice. Like it takes a lot of like audacity and so it's almost like the patriarchy's reaction to like someone speaking out of turn like we don't do that we get to do Mm -hmm. what we want and you guys just kind of deal with it kind of thing Mm -hmm. does that make sense yes yeah well we were watching there was a section of the documentary we were watching where there was a news segment i forget if it was larry king or whatever but he had a two points of view one was women's rights activists and the other was a men's rights activist (laughs) And it just struck me as so strange. Isn't that redundant? But yeah, like, <laughs> but to Clayton's point, I think when you have this um, movement, let's say, of sort of empowerment and, mm-hmm. you know, more visualization of women in the media, strong women fighting for their rights in the media, you just necessarily create a, a space for somebody to take an, the other side of that. And people mm. feel like they need to take the other side of that. And it just doesn't seem to me to be very uh, uh, logical or make much sense. Like, why Why does that Why does that need to exist? Like, why do we need to have a response to um, things becoming more equal or the perception of that? I remember seeing someone recently on Instagram who went on, it felt very um, played out by Dr. Phil, uh, bamboozled by Dr. Phil, but they mm. they were like a, a plus size influencer who's like very body positive. And then their counterpart was like a nutritionist. It's like, it's like exactly. you had you invited me on here to be body positive. And now here's <laughs> someone who's like, we shouldn't be glorifying obesity because mm. this, this. so anyway, Dr. Phil, but who are Dr. Phil's is the right word predecessor? Right. Mm. Right. Are we into mm-hmm. now some Maury Povich, some yes. mo- some Jenny Jones, Jerry, mm-hmm. Je- the Je- Jenny Jerry Jones murder, Geraldo Rivera. Yes. Yes. Ricky Lake. I did love her show. But yeah. Yeah, think, about, think about the, the Jenny, <laughs> the Jenny Jones murder was a someone who went on Jenny Jones and That's there right. was a man who said he had a yep. crush on him and then he killed him and that became news which became reality tv which is where we are today so i do i have spent quite a bit of time thinking about this do you put reality tv on the board i feel like we've mentioned the birth of reality yeah Yeah, birth of reality tv and the 90s like we said this is something i love the 90s i i I know do we it's complicated You know, the and 90s say, were great yes. and they were also terrible. <laughs> but should we yes. say specifically the media in the 90s? Because the, you know, yeah. show the networks like uh, yeah. CNN, you know, and then MTV and all these other sort of, um, what do they call those? They're not broadcast, but they're um, cable television. Yeah, cable, yeah, cable. cable news. Yes, exactly. You know? mm-hmm. Cable and cable the news. The 24 hour news cycle. The, the That, the I think, let's identify TV. that as the. As the yeah, culprit. I mean, yes, put the I 90s up there too. Let's put the 90s. This is a, a something I read. The 90s was the period sandwiched between the end of the Cold War and the start of the war on terror. At the time, a Newsweek poll found that 60% of Americans were paying attention to the Bobbitt saga. Of course they were. There was hardly anything else going on. Mm. Mm. So we had to blame the viewers so too. It was almost like a period of, <laughs> of yeah. peace. We're, it was tuning, a, we're tuning in. Yeah, people were bored or 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like that reality bites kind of dazed and confused. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like, yeah. We're in between. It's a very transitional we're, period. Yeah. We're financially pretty stable. Uh, we don't really even know that the internet is going to hit us that hard. We don't know that 9-11 is coming. You know, it's this naive period of naivete. Sure. Or, it's like a kind of the beginning anti of angst. too. The beginning, but, aha, yes, yes, angst. 90s is so full of angst. Yes. And angst only comes, like, angst is usually um, attributed to teenagers, like if you're in middle school. And what does that say? It's like, it's a period where you don't have to work. Your parents do everything for you. All you have to do is go to school. And it's, you're just bored. And you're anti, you're, out of, it's grunge. It's like we're kind of rebellious in a way. It's just kind of like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> As if right. clueless, clueless 1990s. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's a great film. Now let's talk about um, Lorena's uh, the vulnerability at the time, yeah. and, yes. uh, and generally the vulnerability of undocu- undocumented in- immigrants and xenophobia. This is from CBS News, but much like the other women of the 90s, she mentioned her na- uh, her name became an infamous punchline Gallo told CBSN she was threatened by her husband because he knew he could get away with it. This is very important to talk about as well. Immigrant women, they're very vulnerable in situations of domestic violence because they feel threatened. Gallo explained, John did threaten me when I was married to him many times to kick me out of the country. So a lot of undocumented women don't call the police because they're afraid they'll get sent back to their country of origin. This is from Biography. In 1993, Lorena denied that her marriage took place because she wanted to stay in the country. She told Vanity Fair, I thought John was very handsome. Blue eyes, a man in uniform, you know, he almost he was almost like a symbol a marine fighting for the country i believed in this beautiful country i was swept off my feet i wanted my american dream she also revealed as an immigrant woman i was often too scared to call the police for help my abusive husband always threatened that he could have the police detain me and have me deported back to my country when lorena bobbitt was arrested on the night of the 23rd she told the police he always have orgasm and he doesn't wait for me to have orgasm. He's selfish. This conversation mm. with Detective Peter Weintz was tape recorded, and that transcript was read later in the trial by Mario Grace Bryan, the Prince William County Assistant, uh, Assistant uh, Commonwealth's attorney prosecuting Lorena. Most movingly, the members of the local immigrant community gathered to greet her with supportive posters and cheers each day at the Prince William County Judicial Center. They were disgusted by the xenophobic bullying that Lorena received and the grossly misogynistic stereotype. A fiery telenovela-style Latina takes revenge on the husband who could not please her. Mm. This is, That's you know... Bad. It's really bad. It, it, it's it's not as a woman, you're already vul- you already feel so vulnerable in these situations because you don't feel like if, if you are being abused, it's possible you don't feel like the police are going to believe you. Who's going to no. believe you? Right. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you add this layer of her um, not of her being undocumented and knowing that if she if she said anything she she if she (laughs) she's the one that's being abused she's the one that's Mm. being hit but if she speaks out she's the one who's going to then be sent away right and 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 to add another layer layer on top of that she had tried to get her family uh into the into the states they were in venezuela so she has the added pressure of sort of being the first of her family to arrive in america and you know, the feeling the need to sort of establish herself mm-hmm. there, you know, so it's not just herself that she is sort of is that that's at risk here when it comes to her relationship with John. It was her family as well. Mm. I think what's really kind of amazing about all of this, when you hear about like the ways that like it was kind of spun in the media and like some of the gross stuff is that despite all of that, there are still people who saw through the bullshit and were like, this is you know, xenophobia, like where we support her and that even the jury in the end were like, absolutely. She's like, this was temporary insanity. She was self-defense. Like 
not everyone just automatically bought in to the story, which kind of amazes me because I, when I started to revisit this, I was like, I forgot that she do jail time. And I was so relieved yeah. to find out that she didn't. Cause I, I just assumed because it was that point in history that she was somehow vilified and did time and he got off, you know? So, uh, I mean, it's, it, it's all bad. Right. Sure. But I'm so grateful that there was like some sense of justice for her. And that she wasn't like totally scapegoated as the as the complete villain in this really gross story. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up, Clayton, because I was feeling a lot of rage inside when when you were reading that last bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, why are people like this? You know, it's just so gross. And like, and and what you said, Chris, absolutely, it was already scary enough to speak up, yeah. but then to have your words manipulated, and oh. also the fear of. But you know, again women have faced this since the dawn of time many who speak up are not met with support they're met with scorn retribution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. their lives put on trial everything on the line and that sadly is why many people don't women specifically don't speak up because yeah. they're they're they know that they're going to be under scrutiny in a yeah. in a really terrible way so, you know, I do think with like Me Too and everything, we it, it's it empowered so many women that maybe even women who work at, you know, the Piggly Wiggly or something are like, I'm going to say something, you know. So it's, it's yeah. you know, yeah. that was like a network of support that went out across the nation. And that is one way that social media, which I have a love-hate relationship with, to be certain, uh, having said that, follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Jam Detroit and Jamie underscore Moyer at X on X J A I M E. But uh, but but when that when when that happened on Twitter, it was really comforting, I think, to people to to open up Twitter and see others' stories and yeah. that, that emboldened people. So that's one way maybe that that we've ended up with all this social media from all this reality, from all this stuff, from all the early nineties has been good. Yeah. To make people feel less alone. Yeah. It, the in a way has re- revolutionized uh, us, you know, different aspects of, of, and it has enacted social change. It's been good and bad, like everything, like the nineties, it's good and bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I want to talk about marital. We're running out of time, but I, I do feel like it's important that we talk about marital rape. Mm. Um, this is from Refinery29. Marital marital rape is rape, says Shani Ades, Associate Director of the Matrimonial and Family Law Unit at the New York Legal Assistance Group. Rape is rape, regardless of what somebody's relationship status is to the person that raped them, she said. But it wasn't until the mid-90s that marital rape was considered a crime in all 50 states. Back in 1993, for example, John Bobbitt was charged with marital sexual assault. Because under Virginia law, rape only applied if couples were living apart or if the victim was seriously physically injured, according to a 1993 article in the New York Times. Those are things that are just completely not reflective of what sexual violence is and what domestic violence is. According to the Rape, Abuse and Incest National Network, eight out of 10 rapes are committed by someone known to the victim. Studies show that 45 to 50 percent of relationships where there is intimate partner violence defined as physical violence, sexual violence, stalking and psychological aggression. There's also uh, there's also sexual violence happening. The concept that sexual violence wouldn't exist between people that are dating or between people that are married is just completely disproven amongst decades of studies. The fact that there was ever any difference is mind boggling, to be quite honest. Yeah. What the hell? If they were living apart. So now it's based on an address. Yeah, yeah. It, it's confounding, isn't it? It doesn't. Yeah. It's just, and and, and the, the statement, uh, the concept wouldn't or uh, physical violence. Uh, right. You need to prove physical, vi- physically injured, phys- physical yes. injury, which is like mind boggling like uh, as if as if um as if raping someone is not physical violence right mm-hmm. yeah ha, ha, it doesn't make any sense to me um and this was the the situation that that this was what she was up against at the time the the the, the fact that pe- that was not even in the vocabulary of the state law 
Yeah. Um, do we do we want to do we want to blame law? How what do we blame law? I'm trying to think <laughs> of blaming the laws. <laughs> Were the laws? Well, it's just blame? like who's making the laws? Yeah, lack of marital rape. Yeah, laws, I would say know? I would, or I would say put put lawmakers on the board. Uh, lawmakers, Virginia lawmakers, Virginia lawmakers. lawmakers. And also just like the genetic makeup of the lawmakers. I'm sure at the time it was like 99.9% men who are making mm -hmm, all these laws. Mm -hmm. So you're not getting a full, full view of what the human experience is. Lawmaker bros. Yeah. <laughs> the lawmaker bros. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> um, Finally, I, I want to put up the, the patriarchy. I think we might've already had it, but just yeah. let's make sure it's up there. Yeah, it is. Um, this is from Vice. What makes Lorena's story so captivating and why we're still talking about it today is its subver subversive nature. Lorena didn't just cut off a man's dick. She disarmed him of the weapon he had repeatedly used to humiliate, subjugate, and harm her. On some levels, this was and remains terrifying to the patriarchy and quietly empowering to the women who suffer under it. Making Lorena the punchline of culture-wide jokes makes sense. Both anger and humor humor are ways of dealing with the disempowerment that comes with fear. Hmm. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, isn't it weird how re just reading this, it, it feels like we're going back in time right now that the time period that we're living in, it, it feels so 1994. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because are... uh, Donald Trump was, on TV first reality star? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you could blame the '90s for the rise of Donald Trump. Oh, oh. I do. I oh I blame re I blame reality TV normalizing him on uh, on his show, The Apprentice. Right. Yeah, The Apprentice. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That's they made him a reality star, and that put him in everyone's house. And he's like me. I see him all the time. Well, that, what the yeah. hell? Put Donald Trump on the board too. Okay, for great. Put, him up. put him up on the board. Put I think up. Trump put should be up. up on all the boards. There's always room. There's, There's always, always room. room. Um, I feel like we have a pretty good list going. Yeah, yeah I think so. Think. Is there yeah. anything else? I, anything else? I feel like we're good. Okay. So are we, sorry, just to be clear, yeah? what is it we're trying to what is what is it is it the actual cutting off of the penis no is it the uh, is it the abuse or or rather the events that led to this sort of this event? this incident yeah i think yeah. it's like what 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 the events that made a situation like this even possible great like what okay. or who is to blame for that yes okay. okay let's take a quick break and then we'll start knocking things off the board in the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Alarmist. Okay, who's to blame for the Lorena Bobbitt case? John Bobbitt, John's opportunism, domestic abuse, the media. Ratings over reality, media of the 90s, the 90s, patriarchy, <laughs> the birth of reality TV, vulnerability of undocumented immigrants, xenophobia, lack of protection for marital rape at the time, VA lawmaker bros, or <laughs> Donald Trump. Donald Trump, businessman Donald Trump, real estate mogul and former president. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we usually have uh, things that are easier to knock off the board, but right now it's only Donald Trump that <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing as a... Sadly, he might be yeah. the first Sadly. one to go. How is this possible? I don't know. He's already got a lot, enough indictments going on at the that right yes. now, so I think it's okay. <laughs> All right, fine. Let's Take go. him off. <laughs> But then after that, what do we do here? I know. Well, I, I want to say, I think because we have media of the 1990s and the 1990s themselves, I think we should knock off the 1990s. I mean, let's yeah. not forget, this is also a beautiful decade filled with excellent music, film, mm -hmm. books. Alanis true. Incredible, uh, you know, television. Birth of yeah. TLC. Ooh, on the TLC yes. tip. Oh, I mean, that oh, alone yeah. should we take the '90s yeah. out of there? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and 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 movie classics. The Titanic, yeah. my personal favorite. Yes. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Reality Bites. That's that's oh, in yeah, my top exactly. ten. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Clueless. Shawshank oh, well. and Pulp Fiction at the I same, oh, yeah. same movie theater on the same. I I saw both of them one week, no one kidding. week, and then the second week. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you can't blame the nineties. It's kind of like it's more like what we were how we were we how we were reacting to the nineties. Like mm. some of us were just being a little irresponsible i guess right like we were buying in and unfortunately it kind of seems to only have gotten worse since that time but we really ate it up and we oh, continue yeah. to eat it up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we didn't that's know on how, us how good we had it uh okay, okay. we did that that's good we've gotten some <laughs> thank you yeah thank you 90s I, for your service i feel like we can fold john's opportunism into john bobbitt it really yeah. he's all yeah. encompassing it's just part of his personality yeah absolutely um, I also domestic abuse. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I'm thinking about that. Like, we, you know, well, oh no, I was gonna say no, but now I'm taking, I'm, I'm rethinking it. So never mind. Well, let's take out the media because that folds into the media of the '90s. Oh yeah, yeah. sure. And ratings over reality, I feel like that folds into the '90s as yeah. well. Yeah, I would agree. For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Good the both. birth of reality TV, I feel like that. Also, so it, yeah, just, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, really good. <laughs> and now it gets harder. Well, again, the, hmm. the same argument could be made for lack of protection for marital rape at the time and VA lawmaker bros. Isn't that, I would maybe say get rid of lawmaker bros knowing yeah. that they made the, they made the lack right. of protection yeah. laws. Yep, yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Also, it's been, the 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 lawmaker bros of the time uh, it's been uh, the, there's been lawmaker bros for hundreds of years who oh, haven't yeah. done their you know mm -hmm. their job mm -hmm. ever heard of hamilton <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, there's it, a whole what, musical what about What is him. that? Yeah. Is that a, <laughs> an off-Broadway show? No, I mean oh. Alexander Hamilton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew that. Oh, 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 oh. I um, feel like um, xenophobia can maybe come off. I feel like while that was used as a weapon, maybe by John himself, or like he kind of played into like the mm. undocumented status, it doesn't seem like that was motivating this. Yes, we can take xenophobia off, but I will say if, if, uh, you know, if, if immigrants into this country had more protection mm. then a hundred percent this would not this does feel th sorry go ahead yeah no i i just feel like this maybe she would have felt more empowered to go to the authorities and to you know she did go she did go to the authorities she she called the police multiple times she went to the police station and tried to file a restraining order literally two days before the incident happened right and they were just like, well, you have to come back later. And yeah, yeah, to me, that that speaks to what's sad about this. Back to Jamie's earlier point, too, is why more women don't come out, is that even if there were more protections for undocumented people, that doesn't mean that they would be protected from, from domestic abuse because there's not enough protection there, regardless of your ethnicity, right? It's like you, any woman or, or legal status, any ethnicity, yeah. could, any legal status could go and they're going to have the same experience which ultimately kind of makes them feel like somehow they were responsible or didn't do something right or caused it. Like that's yeah. the sad reality, especially in the nineties. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So then let's take off the vulnerability of undocumented immigrants because this is bigger. This is more of a, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I, it's part I feel of that it, vulnerability but... of undocumented immigrants goes under one of the categories still on the list, which is domestic abuse. And that's yeah. abusers using yes. all mm -hmm. the, I'll kill your mom. You know, yep. the things they say, whatever it is, or you'll, you, you'll never yeah. see your kids again. It's all a power. It, it's yeah. a power thing in domestic abuse. That's yep. very true. Okay. And then, and then the, the lack of protection for marital rape. I mean, that, all that goes into domestic abuse too, right? It's, it's lack of protection yeah, That's it's a, not it's not a, by the cause of the abuser, though. It's by the circumstances they find themselves in, but they use it to their advantage. So I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a form it is a form of uh, domestic abuse. Yeah, um, it's a convenience to the abuser that the laws support that. Right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So we've done the impossible here. We've narrowed it down to four. And the ones left up on the board are John Bobbitt domestic abuse, the media of the 1990s, and the patriarchy. Yikes. These are really good ones. This is difficult. You know, so much of, I think, Bobbitt's behavior, plus the media that was media not focusing on the right things, i.e. the domestic abuse or marital rape or Lorena's side of the story, all kind of folds really neatly under the patriarchy. I don't know if yeah. that's... If, if that's something yeah. you guys see too. I know we've we've thrown the patriarchy in the Alarvis jail repeatedly. Mm. They're a repeat offender. They are a repeat offense. offender. Offender. <laughs> I like repeat offender. <laughs> um, so you're suggesting that the patriarchy is, is the ultimate? I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys I mean, think? It's to me, it's, yeah. it's, so to me, it's John. It's, it's John is such a piece of shit. Though. He did it. This is, it's like that song. I did it to you. It's that song. You did it to yourself. You did uh, you and no, that, one. he did it to himself. It's a Radiohead hit from the nineties. Exactly. What, that, that song I sing to myself every morning, Clay, <laughs> when I'm, when I'm questioning my choices. Exactly. You did it to yourself. You did it to yourself. Yes. I mean, he, without John, none of this happens. Yeah. Without uh, his actions, I mean, his the, without arrogance. the patriarchy, though, none of this happens. I, well. I have it. I have okay. it. Okay. I have it, y'all. Yeah. I have it, y'all. She's got it. If we blame the patriarchy, the media of, of the 1990s, it's almost like an excuse for him. Mm. And we don't want that. He no. can't. He can't say, "Oh, I, this is how I was raised," or "Oh, mm -hmm. the the media yeah. made this." And the media of the 1990s. What we're really saying is, they 
are committed a crime against Lorena. Yes. So, so I think you could take patriarchy out now based on what I said, but keep media the 1990s in for a moment because they were almost a second abuser to her. Yeah, absolutely. They were. Okay. I love that. I, I think that's true. And I, I feel like he has used, he's tried to make so many excuses for himself this whole time. He still does. He's never admitted to anything he's done. He continues to abuse women mm-hmm. and to not blame him for it, to let him get a, you know, let him find another excuse for his actions. We can't let that happen. Yeah. And I just feel like there's the patriarchy is, and like we always are going to have to deal with that, but there are a lot of men who aren't, <laughs> abusing and raping their wives and or you know and then continuing to do that after everything like it's just like i like jamie's point about like how that kind of lets him off the hook i feel like we gotta hold we gotta hold this guy accountable if we don't who will who will (laughs) literally no one has starts with this podcast john (laughs) (laughs) it starts Um, and ends here i want before i call it Oh, first of all, then what are we going to slap? Yeah. The 90s, oh, we got to slap media. the media the 1990s. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. They get and, a slap. And uh, before I call it, I just want to point out that we are not putting Lorena up on the board. Absolutely not. You know? Oh, yeah. No, no way. I, I don't see her. Let's look up. Hang on. Let me just double check. With, nope. <laughs> I don't see her. I don't see her. Okay. All right. I'm going to call it. The media of the 1990s, you're getting the big slap. John Bobbitt, you're going to the alarmist jail. Yeah. See ya. See ya, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, I mean, thank you for helping us get to the bottom of this uh, terrible case. We really couldn't have done this without you. Mm-mm. Well, I thank you. This was very illuminating, and I love the podcast, and I'm so elated to be a part of it. Aww. We love you, Jamie. Love you. Bye-bye. In the aftermath, Lorena underwent a 45-day evaluation period at Central State Hospital in Petersburg before she was released. In 1995, after six years of marriage, John and Lorena finalized their divorce. In 2007, Lorena started the Lorena Gallo Foundation to help victims of domestic abuse and their children and to raise awareness of the issue. If you need access to the Domestic Violence Hotline, call one 800 799-SAFE. The Alarmist is now on Patreon. Subscribe and get ad-free content along with bonus episodes. Go to patreon.com slash the alarmist or check out the link in our show description. Visit our website, www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at the alarmist podcast and on Twitter at alarmist the. You can also send us your thoughts via email to the at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with editing by Molly Hockey and fact-checking by Chris Smith. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Crystal Dinsberg. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Berlin Wall. The Alarmist. Powered by ACAST. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.